Amanda from Ponte's Books here with the Chapter 16 Historical Tidbit for The Prince and the Pauper. Today's historical tidbit has to do with titles that we see come up in the story presented in sequence, and we see them come up in a couple chapters throughout the story, but this one makes sense to focus on because they just kind of come all together right in one bunch, but they do come up throughout the entire story. So today's historical tidbit is on what we call order of precedence. So basically things are based on a hierarchical structure in Tudor England, and there's people who have titles that rank above other people, and we call that kind of the order of precedence. So that's what we're focusing on today, just very briefly, a very brief overview. So in The Prince and the Pauper, we see this quote that comes from a moment where Edward, they believe, who's actually Tom, is a part of this royal banquet, and there's all kind of these noble people and royal people coming into the banquet, and they're focusing on them. So here we see it says, first come gentlemen, barons, earls, knights of the garter, all richly dressed and bareheaded. Next comes the chancellor between two, one of which comes, carries the royal scepter, the other the sword of state in a red scabbard. Studded with golden floors, fleur de lis, the points upward, next comes the king himself. So like so many of these moments in the story, we see kind of a procession of many people who are important in England at the time. So a lot of these include some people that are in this kind of hierarchical structure. And you see the titles listed here like barons, earls, knights. So again, we're not going into too much detail into what that means, but just looking in general at kind of the ranking system and who ranks out on top. So what was the structure of Tudor society? So as I mentioned before, it was a hierarchical system, which means that there's people on top and there's people who are lower down. At the top of this structure is always the king. So the king is the monarch, the top of the hierarchy. Then from there, we see people branch off further down the line. Some of those people are also royal. Some of those people are not royal, but they have power and land. Usually those two things are associated together. Other people have power within the church. Other people have power because of their education, because of their money, other things like that. Contribute to where their position is toward the top of this structure. But at the time, it was believed that their position in life was determined by God. So the king and his ancestors were determined by God. So their blood was considered to be royal blood. And similarly, people who were not kings and princes also were believed that their position was due to something that had been predetermined. And therefore, most people accepted their position in life without much question. They were like, oh, okay, I was born into a lower position in life. That's just the way it is, which is very different than how we live our life today, where people can, you know, 
be born into poverty and bring themselves up into a stronger position in life is the the quote the dream to be able to do um at this time this really wasn't even a possibility for people to do so in terms of this hierarchy it's a little more complicated than just being these people are at the top and then it's kind of a ladder going down so this is what one example of kind of the hierarchy can be visualized to look like so this kind of branches off into a couple different categories basically it breaks down to seven different categories according to this system so they're color-coded to kind of keep track so we see the pope which is kind of the head of its own area and then the monarch so those are both people who are kind of at the top but they're not one above the other. They're kind of separate, but they work together. Then from there, we see church, archbishops, bishops, clergymen. So those are people who have titles within the church. So those people were very important to Tudor England. And what gets kind of complicated here is because it switched between the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church, like these titles weren't necessarily the same thing. Um, so archbishops, bishops, clergymen, pope, those are things within the Catholic Church. And then as that switch was happening, some of those people still retained high positions and some of them lost them based on what King Henry VIII kind of decided. But as a general example of the time, depending on who was in control, if it was a Catholic or Protestant king or queen, this could have been the, the list of titles in the church. Then toward the right, you see people who have positions that are non-royal, non-religious, basically. So we see noblemen, gentry, yeomen, citizens, laborers, and vagrants. So noblemen are people who have titles, and we'll get into this in just a second, like duke and earl. So those are people who hold positions of power but aren't necessarily uh, aren't necessarily royal. Then we have gentry. So those are, I guess, kind of like gentlemen. So wealthy people who don't necessarily have those titles. And then yeomen and citizens. So now we're moving down there a little bit. Laborers are workers. Vagrants are people who have basically no place to call their home and they wander from place to place. So you can see kind of it works down that hierarchy and that's the seven categories in general that it could break down into. Now, if we break down, these are specific titles that kind of fit within that royal slash a little bit like the noble area with maybe a little bit mixed in as well. So the reason I chose these is they are referenced specifically in that passage that I highlighted. So we have king, again, that's the top, then it would be the queen, then princes and princesses, so those would be everybody who's royal. And then we have Duke, Duchess, Marquess, Earl, Baron, Baronet, and Knight. So those are all people that have their titles based on achievements slash property slash money slash how close they are with the current king. Um, and then this one I threw in as well because it was in there. A chancellor, that's actually an academic title. So that's almost like its own branch that wasn't referenced on that previous graphic, um, someone could raise to the title of chancellor without necessarily going through any of those other 
kind of avenues. So they weren't necessarily going through the church. They weren't necessarily just getting that title based on their money. It was more based on their um, schooling, I guess you could say. So in this list, it's not necessarily ranked below like where a knight would be. It's kind of its own branch, but I did want to include it on there because it was mentioned in there, but it is one of those kind of titled positions that someone could hold. So again, that's a very, very brief, broad overview of some of those titles. We could go into specifically what some of those mean, but this is, the idea is that this is the hierarchy. You would move up this, and we do see an example of this Miles, as the story goes on, Miles Hendon, he moves up this kind of ladder of hierarchy as he is hanging out with Edward outside the palace. And so this is a conversation to have as the story goes on with him as well. Hopefully you learned something. Have a good rest of your day.